So at the end of our garden is this lamp post, and all the telephone wires from the surrounding estate are coming to that one central line. Now at the end of our garden we also used to have this tree which used to blow in the wind, and you'd be knocking the, the lines all over the place now. That was cut down a couple of years ago, and, and uh, which is great because it let in so much more light into our garden. But that tree had almost one day pulled down telephone line and internet was a couple of weeks ago I noticed that the neighbour's telephone line had snapped. Now it must have been during one of the more recent storms during winter. But it had snapped and because it would have been travelling across over our garden to the lamppost at the back of our garden from their house. It had fallen down into our garden so it was lying down actually across the roof of our sunroom then over the roof of the tabernacle coming down the edge of the tabernacle down to where we have a vine planted and then out across into the patch of green grass we have it in the shape of a foot um, it's about the foothold of the land and so this line will come down and the way it fallen uh, exactly the point where it snapped it, it seems something important something to take note of I was praying about this yesterday and the Lord brought me to Strong's number 2339 Hoot which means a thread, a cord, a line. If you think about, you know, a string or a wire, it means a thread, uh, perhaps easily broken, a scarlet thread. That's what was hung outside the window when Jericho's been taken to show which house not to destroy. Um, it also means the cord is in a threefold cord, is not easily broken. Um, it refers to a measuring line, so a, a way of measuring a length of something. And so as I reflect on this, like it was about the storm taking out a line of communication and it had been clearly broken by the wind so here i start thinking about the holy spirits removing a form of communication and the way i started seeing it was if you have a, like a public payphone okay they're not that common these days anymore everyone has mobile phone but i certainly remember the public payphones if you have a payphone everyone's kind of queued up waiting to get their chance to get on that one phone line to make you know their request to go through so imagine that phone line now is connected to the lord and everyone's in the queue to put their prayer request into to the lord so it's very limited it can only transmit one person's request at a time in a way that resembles how old prayer meetings used to go would was always uh one person would pray at a time everyone else would say amen and you know that is the traditional way that prayer meetings were when i was growing up anyway so i was picturing this uh line of people queuing up and uh you know, when you're at a public payphone, though, just for those who are too young to remember it, you know, it's a public place. You know, you got cars driving by, so there's all this distracting noise. You could have a, an ambulance go by with the sirens blaring. And then if you have someone standing outside, you know, you're, you're quite wary over what words you're speaking, especially if you're young, like if you're in your teenagers. But what if the Lord was removing that old way of communication because he wants to replace it with a better way and that form of communication for me means to tabernacle and uh, the lord brought me to strong's number 6293 paga it means to to meet to encounter to reach also it includes to approach to entreat to fall to intercede to make supplication to meet with to plead to spare to strike the mark to touch to reach to urge uh, and, you know, when you compare the difference between meeting someone face-to-face -face with a telephone call, there is certain things you will not say to them over the phone. Like, say, if you wanted to borrow money, for example, you're going to want to do that face-to-face -face if possible. There's, there's a deep level of communication that can only really happen face-to-face. -face. Sure, you can do it over the phone. 
if need be but it's it can be uncomfortable uh, and you you could come off a phone call like that and not really know how the other person has reacted to what you've said and you can be left thinking about it for days these remembering back to my youth now so what i feel that the lord is showing here through this thing that happened in my garden is that he wants to get rid of that old way of communication and instead he wants to meet he wants to encounter people and meet with them in the tabernacle now for me last night i was as i was praying i had a bit of a, an experience because i've been tabernacling with the lord almost a year now and that's just daily seeking him seeking to meet him and up until this point, he's just told me to wait outside the door. So imagine that the curtain of of the tabernacle. I'm standing outside the door and listening for for the word. And he will give me a word or two or five or ten and speak to me through those words in that in that day. But up until this point, I haven't had an invitation to go in. And so last night, having understood what I've shared you so far, I was going to go in and record a podcast. And he said, no, I want to show you some things. And so I felt the invitation to go in and I went in through the blue curtain and I went in and I was met face to face with an angel. Now at first I, I panicked a bit, I thought it might be like one of these angel lights that's come to deceive, uh, but realised that was just uh, like an angel standing guard and I used to go past that. So I went past that angel and up some steps and then I started to see visions of stuff and the, the Lord I don't think I'm at liberty to share the full details of what happened, but the Lord showed me a, a new way of seeing and understanding Him. You know, really at the end of it, I I was just reflecting, and I I said to myself, you know, I I think I finally understand a bit more about Moses. I mean, so many skeptics have said of Moses, you know, how did he know about creation? How did he know about this, that, and the other? Because he he wrote the first uh, few books of the Torah, so. Um, how would he have gone back and known what happened Adam and Eve? You, you press them, they may come back and say, well, you know, maybe these are the stories that are passed down, and he just wrote down the common story he believed at the time, and all this kind of thing. But the skeptics do not understand, and I would say most Christians do not understand, is that Moses was tabernacling with the Lord. He was in that meeting place, and he was meeting with him. And, and there's moments in, in that where you, you hear about Moses having to intercede for the people or pleading with the Lord or being touched by the Lord and uh, falling on his knees or, or whatever. All these things that uh, encapsulate that word that the Lord had brought me to, 6293. And people just don't really understand. The concept behind tabernacling is to meet with the Lord. And when you meet with the Lord, he can show you stuff so much beyond our understanding. Stuff that you could spend a lifetime contemplating. Quite a few years ago, the Lord showed me that his knowledge is like a, a sea. And, you know, so many people just swim at the surface. They don't actually go down into the depths. But there is that depth there to search out the Lord, to search out his secrets, search out. And, you know, he for someone who has the right heart and who is seeking him with all their strength and, and set in their mind and heart like a flint to seek him every day, you know, he's going to start sharing stuff with them that's that's beautiful. And it's, it's not to take that information and run away with it then and take that pearl of wisdom and run and sell it and uh, earn a million dollars and, you know, live off that for the rest of your life. That's not why God is sharing these wonderful things. He's sharing them just to a friend, to someone that's precious to him. 
churches and ministries have not been uh, focused that way. It's kind of like, oh, someone has a revelation. Oh, let's travel around the world and, and, and share that. It's it's the wrong focus. Revelation is not the end goal of meeting with the Lord. It's, it's It comes as part of it, but it's not the end goal. The end goal is just to know him and to be with him, meet with him, to talk with each other, to touch each other's hearts and uh, allow ourselves to be changed, uh, renewed. And that's why I, I, I think I never kind of rushed through that curtain and into the, the place. I, I waited for the invitation. I, I stood at his door every day, almost for a year. And he knew I wanted to go in. <laughs> yeah, but um, I waited for the time that he wanted to bring me in. That means that I'm not taking uh, it for granted. I'm honouring it and treasuring it and treasuring those moments because they are precious. Knowing the Lord is something precious and not something that should be given away for money or, or for traded for anything. So, you know, if, if this is a new concept for you, you know, I just bless you to go and uh, learn more about tabernacling, about seeking the Lord with all your heart. And uh, I bless you that in the name of Yeshua.